Welcome back, baseball fans, to episode number 20 of the Joshua Kuznick Experience, the only podcast, certainly, that I know of that has an MLB-certified agent. I'm your host, Ryan Sullivan, editor-in-chief of NatsGM.com and the Baron of All Baseball Podcasts. And with me, as always, the man the show is named after, Bob Sugar's favorite agent, Joshua Kuznick. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm actually doing pretty well. Uh, We're recording our first show, actually, from my new house and my new studio, and the equipment seems to be working. So everything on my end is pretty good. How are you? Better better question. How are you? Well, that's awesome um, that that you moved. Awesome. I, we talked about that last time. Um, uh, I'm good. I'm driving across the state right now. Um, one of my free agents is throwing for a ball club, and uh, he threw for them a couple days ago and ran it up to 94, and uh, they had him on track, man, this particular organization at 99 during the season, so they want to see it again, and hopefully uh, I will have this over with this week. Well, just to show the kind of uh... – whatever that we do to go through for this show. Josh is literally calling about, uh, what, one day before the winter meetings. So, I mean, this is pretty interesting that I have an agent on the phone before the winter meetings. I mean, just is... More, 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 more hilarious than that. I'm driving to Orlando right now, which is two hours. When I'm done, I'm going home. Then I'm packing for the winter meetings. And then I'm coming back tomorrow to Orlando for the winter meetings. Awesome. Well... On top. And everyone's like, why don't you just go today and leak in a hotel? And it's like, because I have tests and responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really lousy. Ugh. Well, yeah. how about I'll do one better for you. There's a Sullivan currently in Orlando for this week, and it's not me. How about that? That's yeah. rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, I like the winter meetings. I, I really, I, I, I'm disappointed I don't have a column currently. Um, I got to go archive. In fact, I'm going to ask you on air before you edit this out, but you're not going to edit it because it's hilarious. But um, since I'm driving and I'm busy, I actually need a favor from you. Would you mind archiving all of my articles from baseball perspectives and moving them to your website? Um, I and would... the only reason I say that is, is because baseball perspectives revamped their website and removed my name uh, and articles from the new site. And only the old ones exist and I own them and I just need to move them all. So you can literally copy and paste them. They're mine. I have no problem with doing that. I just have no earthly idea, technology-wise, how to do that. No, no, no. It's, no, no. Here's how you do this. Simple. Simple. This is good. We can actually leave this in the show. All you have to do is go to every one of my articles. Just type in Joshua Kuznick Baseball Perspectives. There's like 35, 40 of them. And just copy and paste them. That's it. All right. I mean... Can I can I have a few days? I mean, can I get a little time? Yeah, no, you don't need to do it right this second. But like, like if you just put it, if you take one article, copy it, email it to yourself, then we can figure out what to do with them. Oh yeah, that I can handle. Yeah, all right. That's what I'm saying. If you just get all my articles going back to 2011 and just email them to yourself one by one, then we can figure out what to do with them. Oh, that I can actually handle. That is because then what we can because I was thinking about this and. Figured I'd spring it to you on air. What we can do is we can actually move, for now at least, uh, if you don't mind, I can move all of my articles from VP, the archives, to your site. Yeah, that works great. Sure. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to complain. Um, but fair notice, though, uh, I still own them, and I'm totally going to sell them to someone. <laughs> oh, well. But for the time being, at least, uh, in fact, any future deal, I mean, I wouldn't even mind leaving them on your site for good as part of the deal, so... Um, if you want them, you can have them uh, to use for now. But uh, if you can help me, 
space before we run anything on the site, which we will definitely talk off air about it. Um, but if you could start grabbing them while I'm driving, because I totally forgot to cover for me, do my homework for me, I'd, I'd owe you one. Well, I will completely do it. And just so people know that this is how we interact, yeah, we'll leave this in the show, and this is absolutely yeah, going down. Yeah, we totally leave this in the show. This is, yeah, I don't care. I mean, that's, yeah. So business dealings. All right, moving on to real life. Yeah, so business dealings at the top over with, uh, I might as well ask, what's going on at the winter meetings? I know we had a show a couple days ago, or you know, about a week ago now, but uh, what is uh, kind of your plan, your focus, and everything? Same as same as every year, except uh, I don't have any big league stuff this year um, on the team side. So um, I have no free agents that are big leaguers, um, like big league free agent deals right now. Um, I have minor league free agency that I have to focus on. Um, JJ got his deal done. Um, you know, Swahe's got a year of service ish. Um, Lugo's got a year of service ish over. Uh, so, uh, there's really no multi-year things in the books right now or working right now. So, um, it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to go and I, I'm really going heavy on the, um, the vendor side this year. Um, a vice president of marketing, like they talked to you about Samantha Newman, um, who used to work for Panini, uh, and, uh, and leave trading. So, uh, she's going to be doing most of that stuff with me. Uh, I'll go to the meetings that I need to be at for sure, but, um, I'm going heavy on the, uh, the endorsement side. And, and then I obviously need to do all the stuff with the teams and if anything pops up media wise, um, I'm, I'm fairly available, uh, for that stuff. And, tend to whore myself out but uh oh monday i am lecturing um for sports management worldwide uh for the second year in a row on a panel um and uh at that conference is going to be uh cory schwartz from mlb advanced media mark shapiro um logan white uh me for some reason uh so uh you know that was pretty cool i'm i'm excited about that i i, I like I like talking to people, obviously, and I like talking to people that go to those things so I can kind of cut through the uh, the bullshit of what they're being told. <laughs> that's a really, actually, I mean, I, I know you say it in jest, but you are a good addition to that panel because Shapiro's got a really interesting story and obviously kind of career path. Logan White, you know, different, but, you know, kind of front office as well. I mean, you add kind of the other intangible that people don't hear about, you know, obviously kind of the theme of the show as well, kind of hearing from the player and the agent well, side. They space it out. I mean, I'm. I, I mean, I, I. I know I'm going to see everybody, and I don't know who I'm on a panel with right now. I think I'm on the agent panel, obviously, and they they, they stagger it out. So I think mine's 45 minutes, and uh, I was. It's funny, and I'm not shocked at all. There were three agents on the panel last year, and there was one person who was on the panel last year who was who, like literally was not a certified agent and had no idea what they were talking about. And I looked at the the panel listing this year. And they weren't there. And I was like, wow, that's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. If anybody wants to hear I'm literally telling people to commit felonies. Um, this dude from North Carolina was asking about um, how do you get certified as an agent? Like, I'm a high school baseball coach, and there's a kid that needs my help, and he doesn't trust anyone else, so I'm going to try to help him in the draft. It's a very innocent question. And she says, well, you have to call team, you have to market your player. And I'm like, uh, you need to get certified in the state of North Carolina or else it's a felony. So let's start there. <laughs> yeah, that was a great story. If anybody wants to hear the full uh, part of that last episode, you kind of covered that. So that was that was nice. Yeah, that's the short version. So, um, But, yeah, I'll be on another panel with uh, Oscar Suarez, who represents Joaquin Soria. He's a really good guy, and uh, uh, we just represent – different markets he knows he's an older guy and and knows the latino market uh 
I'm a younger guy and don't know anything about the Latino market. So, um, you know, it, it's fine being on a panel with somebody like that. And uh, we, we get along. We don't have the same guys. And uh, I think, amazingly enough, and I another story for another day, and I can't, again, I don't comment on other people's players, but uh, they have an interesting setup with their company, which, you know, very small and been doing it a long time and good people. And, uh, you know, I don't know the, the work, obviously, because I'm, I'm not there, but um, they represent Soria, and then they didn't have a ton of guys, and then they signed um, uh, Orlando Arcia last year. And it was like, well, that, wow, hmm. how'd that happen? Good for you guys. Yeah, wow. Interesting. I know, right? Like, that was hmm. like, it, you know, can you imagine me calling you one day, like, hey, Arcia just hired me? Like, oh, well, that's. I don't like, know how that happened, but good for you. Yeah, that's life-changing. Great. Good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's awesome. So, good for them. Oscar's got, got uh, Arcia now, and, um, and and before that, he had story his whole career, and uh, I think his son owns a team, like I said, in Mexico, and um, I, I actually thought he was winding down and uh, ramping it back up. Soon. And uh, and uh, what's interesting, other interesting thing is uh, his, uh, his lawyer and him, uh, I believe it was his lawyer, not Oscar, um, and I, I don't want to mention names and start dragging into that, but he used to represent Arcia's brother and then got fired for Scott Shapiro, and uh, and then Orlando Arcia hired them. So that's, that's weird when your brother fires you and then you hire that guy you put your brother fired. Yeah, wow, that's... Um... But again, good for them. Yeah, wow, that, I mean, credit and props, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm telling you, that is like a series of obstacles that I, there's no way I could have overcome that. If some dude... Like, if some dude fired me and I went after his brother, I, I, I wouldn't even have tried. <laughs> I mean, that's like the old story, oh, I broke up with your sister, but now I'm going to try to date your older or younger sister. Yeah, that doesn't normally yeah, work, exactly. man. exactly. Like, you know. I mean, credit you know, to you if you can pull it off. I mean, you're a heck of a salesman, but, like you know. if you're married, it's like, we're getting a divorce. I'm marrying your 21-year-old sister. Yeah. Because you're 40. Like, yeah. dude. Not perfect. But I, anyway, anyway, um. That, that, that's good for them. I'll be on a panel with Oscar, and maybe he'll tell me how he did that. Yeah, if he can share the secret, that would be really great. That would be nice. Yeah, if he could tell me how he did that, that would be that'd be cool. And then then I won't share it with anyone else. I'll keep it to myself. Yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, but if he's if, if if you know if he's consistent like he has been as long as I've known him, there's no way he's telling me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I'd really share that information. Yeah, I've, I've got a real habit of picking up big leaguers as con- as a you know client, so I'm going to share that with people. That'd be a great idea. Yeah, I, I, so. man, I've told you guys my secret a million times. This is exactly how I act with my players. This is not how I act with ball clubs. And uh... <laughs> so, all right, I've got to, uh, I've got to ask you as we're recording this, uh, the Giancarlo Stanton trade is breaking or break broken, breaking. I don't know which verb or it tense isn't of finished. it. I don't know what the trade is. No one does. Um, Except the people involved, I imagine. So the first thing I have to ask you is, uh, it's a little shady, right, that the first move... Not in any way, no. No, Stan had a 30-team no-trade clause. He dictated the whole thing. Uh, It doesn't look good on the surface. Can we at least say that? Can I at least get that from you? No, I would not say that either. I would say what I tweeted earlier, what I told you is probably going to get me in trouble, where my friend texted me, and said, Derek Jeter is the greatest Yankee of all time. So, my friends, that's what my friends. Well, I'm just, I find that amazing. But I guess the, maybe the way I can ask this question that you can actually comment. Um, from, a, from a business standpoint, I see nothing wrong with this. Nothing and, at all. 
does this start to get the hot stove moving a little bit more now uh, that Stanton it, it, is? Yes, it, yeah, Otani's done, Stanton's done, now everything will explode. And that was the other name that I wanted to ask you about is, is Otani. I don't know, once again, if you can comment on that, but it just seems like it was quite a process to get to... Uh, I don't have any problem with what he did either. I mean, not that it's for me to judge, but um, no, I thought I thought it was fine. I, I mean, he understood it, and he did what he wanted, and got what he wanted, and basically what Stanton did. He, you know, that's why I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, the, 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 the ties to the Yankees with Marlins ownership. It's, this was, this was John Carlos decision um, after they probably told they were going to trade him. So like, Hey, we're going to trade you. You have a full team, no full 30 team, no trade clause. So let us know where you like to go. Uh, I know he wasn't involved in that because apparently he rejected a trade to uh, the Cardinals uh, a couple days later, which, kind of proves my point that this wasn't shady uh, unless the Cardinals were in on it too which I very I, I, would, I would tell you that they, they were not well, so without being there I would tell you they were not they're good and, with computers um, I'll say that hey yeah. but uh, but no I I don't from a baseball standpoint I don't see anything no or, I'm sorry from a business standpoint I don't see anything wrong with this Actually, and I wanted to say from a baseball standpoint, I actually think it's a pretty good fit, strangely. He goes to a West Coast team, which he kind of wanted. He's going to have the opportunity to DH if he wants to in the American League. Uh, They could certainly use him both as a starter or as a reliever as they need help both places. He's not going to be the superstar of the team as he's, you know, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Otani got got everything he wanted. He he was a free agent. That was different than Stanton, but uh, obviously to a degree, but um, um, with the money involved for the current money, um, you know, all 30 teams put, put up the posting fee of the lottery ticket, so um, money was never going to be an obstacle, and it's interesting, and this is what I, I this will probably be interesting, I think, uh, now that I've said that twice. Um, I was talking to someone about the Otani thing a couple days ago, and they wanted to know what I thought about, it, like what we're doing now, and the thing they, that stuck out was they're like, oh, he doesn't care about money, and I don't know why people keep saying that because, I mean, he gave up current dollars, sure, which is always technically more valuable because you never know what's going to happen. But had he waited to come over when he was 25, he would not have been a free agent, you know, till he was 32. This way he's a free agent when he's 29 and he gets his two years of service time and he's going to make all this money back anyway. So when I keep hearing he doesn't care about money, that's insane to me. He's going to make way more money by coming over now. And I don't know how no one has said that. Yeah, I think he's just gambling on himself is the way that, they, that it... It's not even a gamble. He's going to get like $100 million-ish, I've heard, heard from baseball people that he's going to get, you know, in the nine figures and endorsements in Japan and here combined. So I don't think he's worried about any of this. Well, yeah. But that... on the baseball side, contractually... As long as the contract he signs next year is in line with the people in his service group, um, the commissioner's office is not going to be able to stop anything. So if they did it today and it broke a record and they're like, you know, they gave him a you know, 10-year, $200 million contract, it would get voided by the commissioner's office immediately. But if two years from now he signs, you know, that six for 144 deal that Trout got at the same service time stage, there's nothing the commissioner's office can do to stop that. So not only is he going to get his two years of service time ahead of time, in two, he's going to get $200 million anyway and have two years of service. Yeah, and be a free agent two years younger. Or, or exactly. more than that, so, multiple years so, younger, pardon me. Yeah. yeah, so people that have said, 
you know, it wasn't going to come down to a money situation. Currently, I, I technically agree with that because the, the international bonus pool money was negligible for what he was going to do. But um, I don't think that was going to play a factor in, in, into it. But uh, the people that said he just doesn't care about money, uh, I mean, this was the smartest business decision he could have made. This is exactly what I would have told him to do. That's interesting. That's really a great take, and I love getting that. Uh, another question for you, it, and I kind of alluded to it in the, in the early part, but is there any concern from you as if you were his agent, and I, and I hate putting it that way, but just the attention that he got holding up the free agent market for this long, doing his you know 30-team world tour and, and so forth? No. Is, okay. No, he's a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. Are you going to blame Stanton for blocking the, the Cardinals trade? No, he's he right. He earned it. It's in his contract. I Otani's a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. Now, if he's holding out and disappeared and belonged to a team, yes, there's a problem there. But no, I don't care what he does. You can only, I can't control the market. No one can. Um, well, what the hell? If you're the player, obviously Otani and Stanton can. But unless you're in that upper echelon of like the one percent of the one percent, one person really, it's hard to hold up the entire market uh, unless you have all the free agents. Which I don't know. Some agents have done that in the past, I guess. So it is possible <laughs> technically. But um, but. I can't hold up the whole free agent market, so I just got to work with and adjust to what's there. So uh, it's been incredibly slow, as we talked about last time, uh, regarding minor league free agency, but that doesn't mean that it's just not going to pick up. I mean, I still think all of my guys get signed by spring. That hasn't changed. Because, you know, the, the, the waiting is just the worst part on their families, and that's the part that sucks. Yeah, and there is a certain amount of hey, the jobs are still going to be there. I mean, there are these AAA rosters still need to get filled. I mean, these other, major league rosters still got to get filled. So these. I mean, I got a minor league offer on a guy the other day for one of my six free agents uh, from a team. So you just guess one of the six free agents and one of the thirty teams. I'm sure you could do the odds on that one. But um, a team called me and offered me a minor league deal and I'm holding out for an invite. So I could have had one of my guys off the board already, but it's like I need a better offer than this. Interesting. Interesting. Um, anything else winter meetings wise or because uh, I got a couple of uh, very yeah, different no, keep topics going. I'm good um, I've been meaning to ask you for a while and I've had it on my list um, I think you came out pretty hard against this guy and this guy is probably the worst thing in baseball to me Zach Hampel ah yes thank you for asking I've had this on my list and of- tag him in this and then we can start a crazy stupid Twitter battle between me and him which is my dream Oh, this will be fun. This will be It'll fun. It'll end up on Deadspin. So, but I've got to ask you, because at first I kind of, uh, five years ago, eight years ago, when Hample kind of became on the radar, I didn't have as much of a problem with him. But now... Oh, you didn't? You didn't? I, and I don't know why. You didn't? I think it was the... The second I heard about this guy, I had a problem with him. I'm going to start and with... And yes, I... I've read his sanctimonious <laughs> bullshit, but oh my God, nothing made me happier when... when John Heyman body slammed him on Twitter. Oh, that was great. Well, I don't think he, I don't understand why he thinks it's okay to take away people's, or why handing the ball to the kids. you understand the excuse he gives when he says, I still give the baseballs to the kids? It's not the point, moron. It's the kid catching his own damn ball. That's exactly right. That's not, I mean, if, imagine if somebody handed you a baseball, you're like, Great. I mean, I give away yeah. foul balls at every game I go to. There's not a game I go to that I don't run into eight foul balls on the ground because of the access that I have. And I give them away all the time. And this was shocking to me when I first started doing it. You would be surprised how many kids tell me they don't want it. That's interesting. 
and I, I, I would bring four balls to every St. Lucie Mets game because I have like I have hundreds at my house, and I would I'd bring four or five balls a game and just flip them to people before the game. Uh, you know, kids like always because you know it's whatever. I don't need them; and they're kids. Like awesome, get a ball. And not to and mention, it's a good look. Yeah, it's not why I'm doing it, but yes, it is a good look. But but that's not why I'm doing it. It's in St. Lucie, and nobody knew I was doing it until I just said it. Now, kind of ruined it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, that's not the first time. I, yeah, but anyway, no, I'll keep doing it. But um, but no, I, I do that, and uh, and uh, really, there are so many kids that are just like no, and their parents are like, take the ball. <laughs> but I, I just I can't stand. I mean, when he really he lost it for the, the, yeah, he ruins the during the f-ing experience for kids. And it's just awful because well, I dropped an f bomb about kids. Awesome. Yeah, there's a first. Of course, it'll be believed, but still. Um, I, I think I lost when I really lost it for him is when I learned that I, he's now having people pay him to teach them how to how to get foul balls, which I think uh, is absurd. Yeah, he's training people. A, which, uh, oh my God, that's where our country is now. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, how do I catch baseballs? I don't know. And Go then, to a game and figure it out. Like, I, I, how? Oh my God! Or I don't. If you really want a ball that badly, go to the gift shop and buy one for thirty dollars. That's game used. And then, and then for him to then, oh well, I'm going to go to the Air Force ga- or whatever it was. The uh... I wanted, I, I wanted him banned from all 30 stadiums after he did that. And, and it was just extraordinary to me that he didn't realize the backlash. I'm telling I mean, you right now, if he ever were to do anything in front of me, I would get him thrown out of the stadium. I mean, I, I just it, he's almost if like I a pro- ever saw him put his hand on somebody else's kid to bat them out of the way, or if he bullied a kid out of the way to catch a baseball. I would have him removed from the stadium. I guarantee you I have the authority to do that in some places, and I would definitely make that happen. I would drop everything I was doing, and I would get him thrown out of the stadium, and then I would tell everyone I knew. I would do – I couldn't even imagine what I would do is if he put his hands on, on my child to And get... I would take pictures of the whole thing of him being let out of the stadium, and I would send them to Deadspin, and I would be really happy with myself. He's – it's just awful. I, I almost think he likes I've, I've the, the negative attention, a though. Times at, I've tweeted a couple times at him, just not trying to totally start something, but, man, we all know where I came from for the people that listen to this, and I come from part of that world of collecting and such. I mean, I never did what he did. Um, that was I, I didn't try to get baseballs. I collected autographs, different things. But um, but I, I would see those people, and I, I never really had a problem with it. But then you would see things that Zach does or that he says he does or that he's shown that he's done, you know, switching hats, switching shirts, running the dugout to dugout. It's like, oh, so you're lying to the players. That, they really like when you do that. Or he's building contraptions to get the ball off the field. Like, that's really what the purpose is. That, mean, that's that's I, nothing I, creepy I about that. Either, um, in, in the autograph world – you know, a sweet spot signed baseball is the most valuable signed baseball um, that, that you can pretty much have. And um, there's a contraption now someone invented with a string on it where you put the baseball in this plastic holder and the only part of the baseball sign is the sweet spot. And I saw a photo last year of somebody hanging the ball down to Clayton Kershaw and he broke the contraption, took the ball out and signed it on the side anyway. And I just couldn't stop laughing. That's so great. It's so great that he's aware of that. Because Kershaw's such a good guy. For him to break anything is hilarious. I love the fact. And I love that he's aware of that's what the whole gimmick is for. That's great on top of of it. Most players are. And that's the thing I don't. We've discussed it too. Players aren't 
stupid and ignorant of adults going to the field with posters and photos and sweet spot baseballs and jerseys. And I mean, players are not dumb when it comes to that. I mean, some guys are more willing to, to just deal with it and sign everything and, you know, thus nuke the value of their autograph for all parties involved. Um, that's, that's fine. I mean, that's a choice, but, uh, there are other guys that sign for kids and there are other guys that just are real difficult and don't sign. Not that I ever want to praise this, but like Juan Ball doesn't sign autographs away from the, the, the court. Awesome. That's the one good thing I can tell you about that family now. <laughs> Aside from actually, apparently, uh, LeVar in real life, when he's not playing the character that he plays, apparently he's an excellent father, so good for him. Well, I can also tell you that, uh, well, the son's not much of a pickpocket. hey <laughs> Yeah, and his, well, I I'm did make a joke the other day. <laughs> well, no, I said, uh, I said Lonzo missed more shots than a stormtrooper. <laughs> I said, pretty not funny. I'm not even proud. It's not funny. It's not a joke. Uh, oh, God. Mm, that's so great. Uh, so I don't even know where we go from here. So I don't care. Fill it up, man. I, I we only have The last thing we have to talk about is music, and that's it. That is true. I wanted to ask you about Nolan Reimholden. What's going on with him? I've been... Uh, you know, kind of a closet Orioles fan. In my hand at home, or in my house, he says to me, I'm going to distribute them to all 30 teams and hope for the best. Well, just speaking as a Nationals fan, I really hope the Nationals sign Reimhold because if he's ever healthy, that guy can play baseball. Like, he is legitimately a good player. He just never can stay healthy, but darn good, if he can good play. Good player, good dude. Good player, good dude. And I, I hope he has an opportunity to get another shot to... to really end his career the way he wants to and I don't mean like go to spring get released and retire I mean like go play a few more years and then call it not have injuries rob you of that so uh, I, I hope I can help him with that um, next thing I got did you uh, I, and I can't believe I haven't brought this up yet but uh, <laughs> Jeremy Jeffress got in at bat in September he did it was, uh, it was rather unpleasant I think it was his first ever at bat did ever, I read that correctly first career at bat so what did he even have a bat? First of all, that would be my first question. Uh, yes, he has a bad deal with Old Hickory. Uh, shameless plug. But uh, by the way, that's amazing that you have bat- a bat deal for him. That's mostly, amazing. Mostly for batting practice purposes only, um, and to show off and to tell people how great a hitter he would have been if he was a position player. And then he got to hit in the big league game, and that was awesome. <laughs> I wish it was like the Seth Lugo result where I didn't know Seth could hit in any way at all. Like, he was an okay hitter in the minors, but I didn't know he could hit. And then I'm watching him at City Field and he homers, and I'm like, how, what? You, <laughs> how do you do everything? Yeah, right? Like... I'm telling you right now, I'm dead serious. If Seth Lugo came up as an outfielder, he would have been an everyday player. All right, come on. Now I've got to take you to task. Come on, an everyday player? I'm sorry. At six five. 200 pounds, you put him in the outfield, as athletic as he is, A, with his arm strength, B, he can move, and C, he's like a career two-something hitter, like Bumgarner. I know it's a much smaller sample size, but Lugo raced. He would have been a guy, regardless. I think he would have been a big leader at anything he would have done. I, I don't know what his ceiling is as, as a pitcher um, with his injury and, and, and where he is in his career right now, but I personally, knowing him and, and – the guy if he, in the right environment with the right run support, I mean, and true of anyone, but really with Seth personally, the guy could win 20 games. I mean, the guy's really that good. And, yes, he's my client, but I, I, if 
you trade him to a World Series contender, which I hope for his sake the Mets are this year, um, if you put him on a contender as, as competitive as he is, he reminds me so much of a guy like Jake Arrieta, who um, at the big league level, because Jake was much more highly touted coming up, but at the big league level, Arietta got his chance when he went to Chicago and became Arietta. Lugo, I think in New York, the full season finally, you know, first year he gets called up in July, second year he gets hurt after the WBC. This year if he's there from day one, like I imagine he will be. Um, I mean, geez, if it wasn't for run support issues, like, like I mean, I don't mean losses. I mean games that the bullpen blew for him last year. He would have had 11 wins um, that – you know, but again, I think he started 18 or 20 games. Yeah, fantasy sleeper alert, just saying. Oh, I was just <laughs> going to say, he's a huge <laughs> fantasy sleeper. That's so funny. I love the fact that we're calling out fantasy sleepers on this game now, too. Or oh, on this totally. show, too. And I'm not allowed, again, just disclaimer, I do not, and, and I endorse or any of that for sports gambling, and I can't play it, and I don't play it, and uh, and yes, there we are. <laughs> so Nice. Uh, well, no, I just I, – I, I, I'm literally – like I told you a couple shows ago, players cannot play daily fantasy as themselves, which is hilarious to me. That is interesting. But they can play fantasy football and stuff. I mean, there's no problem with them playing other sports, they, I'm oh, sure. Oh, God, dude. You should hear fantasy football leagues that baseball clubhouses have. It's insane. Um, I remember a player several years ago asked me if I wanted to go halves with him um, so I could help him GM his team during the season while he was, you know, well, I, I could handle the draft for him while he had a game to play. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll go halves with you. I'm like, how much is it? He goes, $20,000. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, nah, man, I'm good. I don't even want to give you it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to give you the number of what I was thinking half was. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to give you advice on who to take. Like, I'm not even going to help you now. Mm. But I did end up helping him, and I think he did end up winning the league that year, which I was pretty happy about. I got none of the money. Of I didn't even course. get 5%. It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you should have at least gotten a little finder's fee or, a, you know, a I, consulting I, fee. Oh, uh, man. I, I, uh, I had such a good fantasy draft this year that no one cares about. But I will say this. The fantasy guys are, are really out to get me this year. I lead my league, my high school friends league. I lead my league in scoring, and I lead my league in points based. And I'm only eight and five, and I'm in first place as of today. But there is a chance that if I lose tomorrow, I'm out of the playoffs as leading the league in scoring. Nice. I'm guessing you have Alvin Kamara if you're talking about the fantasy gods crushing you. I have Rob Gronkowski and Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to come up big for me tomorrow. Mm, Nice. No, my 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 team consists of of I traded I traded for Tom Brady because I'm not stupid. I traded, uh, or I had Ezekiel Elliott, and then his suspension, uh, Roger Goodell screwed me there, and millions of other people, uh, specifically Ezekiel Elliott. Um, <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I ended up with Tom Brady, and uh, I'm trying to think who else I ended up with running back-wise that salvaged my season. Um, oh, right, I have Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Brady, and uh, my running back, like patchwork of Kenyon Drake and, uh, Alfred Morris right now like it's being held together with Scotch tape but I also have Carlos Hyde and Christian McCaffrey so I've got two serviceable running backs and two flex running backs but this week uh, yeah not having Gronk and Zeke uh, in a winner get in situation is not really going to be good however if I do get in uh, 
I'm going to have Zeke for the championship game if I make it that far, and I'll have Gronk for the rest of the playoffs, and no one wants to play me then. Because if I do make it to the championship game, which I'm not banking on, but let's say I do, I'll have Tom Brady, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> and you sound like a great winner on t- on top of it. I'm sure it would be I'm really great. I'm very gracious about winning. And I'm, sure. I'm one of – so in our league, only five of us have ever won a title. Only one of us has won multiple titles. I've only won one. My old roommate and best friend has won two. And, like, the rest of us are all tied at one. And uh, I'm one of three GMs to win the loser's bracket and the winner's bracket. So I'm one of, like, three GMs that have done that. And, yes, we all hate each other and are super competitive during the season. <laughs> nice. Like, be really – like, we'll say – like, my friends will text me, like, like married with two kids. My friends from high school text me at one thirty in the morning, staying up for the Monday night game that I fell asleep for. You're like, ha ha! You lost by half a point because of my kicker, and it's like, Jesus Christ! You're like, not to mention you beat like, me. You but stayed on... up for the Monday night game? Why? I don't even watch football. You're like, on top of it, I lost, and now you're going to wake me up on top of it. Thanks, ass. I really, <laughs> legitimately do not. I legitimately, and I'm not the topic for the reasons that other people have. I legitimately hate watching football. I don't like it. And it has nothing to do with anything me hating watching football. I like an awesome football play. I like watching highlights of football. But uh, you couldn't pay me to watch a game in the NFL right now. A, like Deadspin wrote a few days ago, I don't want to watch someone die on the field. And we all know the the long-term effects of the head injuries. And I don't want to watch that happen to people. It's gross to me. And my old take on football was I never understood, like, how people would sell it to me as high, high action because it was one play and then 40 seconds of nothing. And then one play and then 40 seconds of nothing. And I was an NHL fan. I am an NHL fan. There's no one on earth that will be able to convince me that the NFL is better to watch than hockey. Like, no. Not live. I'll say that for sure. NHL well, not live I- for sure. But if you the way technology is right now, like, I have a 4K Ultra TV in my bedroom that I got for 300 bucks on a Black Friday, and it's awesome. And I watch hockey games on it all the time, and it is so easy to replicate the in-game experience of watching hockey visually on 4K Ultra, finally, where you don't need a tracker, you can see the puck. And, like, I watched, I watched like, a minute of a Ranger game the other day, and I watched this bang-bang goal that um, – Oh, man, who scored it? I don't remember. It was a Russian guy that I, I, I actually oh, that, never heard that of. That really I, narrows it down. No, it was a young kid. Was, he was like their third rounder a few years ago. I really forgot his name. But but anyway, I'm watching the goal. My jaw dropped because I'm like, I'm watching this at home. Like, oh, my God. And I knew what baseball looked like on that TV. And it's like, it really is like, oh, my God. Um, MLB AM did, you know, BAM did a, did a great job um, with everything they do. And um, the NHL is also run by that same, like, baseball. MLB Advanced Media does the NHL stuff, too, and it translates really well over to hockey, and it's amazing. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest problem is still the fact that, you know, you grow up, there. everybody can either grow up playing basketball or football. You kind of understand baseball. You know, you kind of, a lot of people play Little League, but not many people play hockey, and I think that's the biggest problem is it is uh, it is a game that you have to understand kind of the strategy and what they're trying to do, and I think too often, uh, at least for me, I didn't grow up playing it, and so I lose a lot of what the game is in translation. I, yeah, I, I grew up playing, so, I mean, I started when I was 13, but, um, you know, we've talked. I was a goalie, and... I, uh, I played all through high school and 
parts of college, and uh, I, I could have gone up north to play in school, but um, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to play in the NHL, so I just wanted to go to college. And um, I played club stuff at FSU, but um, I, I've always I love the NHL. I mean, I, I love hockey. I, I play my second favorite sport to, to be at and, and to watch. And uh, I had it not been for travel constraints, I could have seen a parallel universe where I'm an NHL agent because. Uh, I can certainly evaluate talent in hockey, too. It's just the travel demands of an NHL agent was not something I ever wanted to step into. Well, and and, uh, and we may have to delete this, but you know, I think one of your good friends is John Buchagross, who's the big NHL you know guy. So We don't have to delete that. He is one of my really good friends. I love John. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that wasn't like something that wasn't John supposed to be John can't come no. on the show because he works for the Worldwide Leader, but um, but I I don't. So, yeah, John John's awesome. I've known John. 2003. I met him at the 2003 NHL All-Star pregame party when I was 21 years old at 2 in the morning. I was looking for him the entire night because he was my hero at the time. And I ran into Steve Levy. I ran into Barry Melrose. I ran into um, uh, I ran into um, oh, what is his name? Uh, uh, Johnny Resnick, the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. I ran into Alan Thicke from Growing Pains. And I, hey, I would hey, go up to all of them, and I would ask them where John Butchergrass was, and I finally ran into him, and we end up in the lobby at, like, midnight, and we end up talking, standing there after I got his autograph. We end up – I met him outside when he came out down the escalator, and we go down the escalator together, and he's signing a puck for me, and we end up keep talking. We just stopped dead in the lobby, and I've talked for – I can't getting pissed because he took me to the, the party – uh, and uh, and he's like, we got to go. And I'm like, it's two in the morning. It's John Butchgrass talking. Go away. And um, but we stayed in touch. And he used to have his column at ESPN and his mailbag. And I would send him questions in college, and he would run them in the articles. So if you go back to his archives from like 2003, and you read his column in his mailbag. There's like ten questions for me in there. <laughs> I love that. Not a it, show goes by that you don't tell some type of I don't know. Embarrassing is the right word, but some kind of just funny story on yourself. It's great. Oh, I, it's embarrassing. That story's awesome. How, what are the odds of some random college kid on, on a mailbag turning into a sports agent? Like, that's not normal. I know how weird that is. So I think it'd be great to go back and look at them. I wish I could find them. Well, how and, great is uh, it that a 21-year-old guy was stalking John Buchagross? I mean, I, that that is great to me. <laughs> yeah, I, John Buchagross still, I, it is my favorite autograph that I have. Out of all the autographs I have, it is my favorite autograph that I have. Because he asked me who my favorite band was before he signed my autograph on the NHL All-Star Puck, and then he wrote, I said Nirvana, obviously, to everyone, um, and he wrote on the puck, what Kurt Cobain was to Nirvana, Josh is to John Buchegrass. <laughs> that's a great one. So I, and he does that, that's how he signs his autograph, well, that's your favorite band, he'll personalize it that way, and it's freaking awesome. I don't know if he does that anymore, but he did when I met him, and it's my favorite puck that I have. That's actually and a really cool you, gimmick. I by Alexander Cartwright in my house. Who? The guy who invented baseball. I thought that was Doubleday. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> We're leaving this in the show. You are really wrong. <laughs> You're wrong by a lot, dude. Okay. How did. Yeah, Alexander Cartwright ended up doing the first version. He's in the Hall of Fame. Like, wow. That was. Wait, wait. Please wait. point this out in the description. Wait a minute. So let me ask you, how did you get a puck signed by? I heard that right. The puck. No, 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 no. I have, I have, I have Alexander Cartwright's autograph, not on a puck. I have his autograph, but 
But Butcher Cross's autograph is my favorite autograph oh. that I have, period. Okay, that's what was totally screwing me up. I was all of a sudden trying to be oh, like, okay. what was all it? Right, call, but we can add it. But no, um, but I was no, thinking really. that was, was like the 1984 right. Hartford Whalers first round pick or no, something. No, no, I, was missing. Was from, <laughs> I have a letter from 1864 written by him. And then my mind went and, to, why was Bill Cartwright, the old uh, Chicago Bulls center, signing a puck? I was like, I, I'm so that's lost. Awesome. <laughs> I like Bill right? I think that's about as lost as I've ever been on a podcast. I was like, I don't know where I am right now. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, where else are we at now? All right. Well, I think it's probably time. I'm going to use that uh, Butchergrass story about signing uh, pucks with your favorite band to uh, let you kind of lead the floor as uh, we are oh, on the yeah, show. Oh, yeah, there we go. So I think this is 20, right? We did 20 so far? This is number 20, yes. So I'm debating the merits of changing the intro music as that was apprentice is not actually my favorite Nirvana song. I just thought it was a cool intro song. Uh, it used to be well, the was... intro song. Well, it... it used to be the intro song to my serious satellite radio show that I used to be on. And it also was the only one that Cobain solo wrote, right? Do I have that right? No, 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 Colla- no, no. It's the only one Nirvana completely wrote together. That, that, Okay. Uh, yes, thank By you. By the way, cool story. So the guy whose workout I'm going to right now, the one I'm driving to currently, we were having dinner the other night. He's 27 years old, okay? So he's not that young. I'm 35. It was an eight-year gap. And I'm not trying to draw some symmetry because that's how old Kurt Cobain was when he died. But, but anyway, this kid's 27 years old. And we're listening to the radio in the car. And uh, Foo Fighters song comes on. He's a rock band, this guy. And... Um, I, I forgot what song it was, but it was one of the ones that I, I found not annoying. And uh, I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan. I love their first two albums, and then I gave up on them. But uh, but I like Dave Grohl, and um, my client did not know Dave Grohl was the drummer for Nirvana, and I almost died. Wow. There's a whole generation of people now that only believe that Dave Grohl is the lead singer of the Foo Fighters and who's Nirvana. We're there now. Well, there's a big generation now that don't even remember who Kurt Cobain was, or certainly weren't alive when he was alive. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we have that, but I, I still can't believe, you know, there's a few tweets in my life that I've had where I don't understand how they didn't get viral, and then it knocks me down nine pegs of how unfamous I am. And um, <laughs> But I did the math on this one day, because I was reading something about Justin Bieber, and it read his birthday, like his birthday was on it. It was like March of 94. There's a reason I remember that. Kurt Cobain died in April of 94, which means for one month, Justin Bieber and Kurt Cobain were alive at the same time. Mm, that might have been the reason. Oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but I'm just saying, no one cared when I tweeted that, and it made me sad. <laughs> what else makes me sad is that I did offer people to email me to hang out at the uh, winter meetings on Monday, and I've gotten like four emails, and no one cares. No one wants to meet me. Um, but um, well, I call no, dudes on that back, spot next year. Yeah, it won't be a problem. But uh, but but with the uh, the song, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I don't know if I'm going to keep it or uh, or pick my favorite Nirvana song, my second favorite Nirvana song, or pick something entirely different that's awesome that I just happen to like. Or if we mix it up every week, which would be a pain in the ass. We're not going to do that. But. Uh, but no, I'm I'm debating the merits of, of, of changing it after 15 years. Um, I don't think I want to. Good intro song, um, but uh, I don't know. I'm bored. I'm... And it's like it's like the first track of In Utero, uh, "Serve the Servants," where he said, "Teenage angst has play- paid off well. Now I'm bored and old." I'm voting for 
uh, plateau on Unplugged. That's my really. That's my vote. I think that's one of my a little too bluesy. It's a cover. Um, True, it is a cover. Or or no, yeah, plateau's a cover. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a meat. I think meat puppets. Yeah, it's a meat puppet song. But I still think it's a sweet song. I mean, I could go. I oh, it's a great song. I could go with the meat puppets version, which people would hate. Yeah, no, no, Um, I I veto that, and I have no power. I could, I I could, I could go with. I'm see. I have one song in mind that I I'm probably going to switch it to because actually there's no question. I've now decided we're still going to poll it, but I'm going to overrule the poll. Uh, there's a song by the Pixies who are my second favorite band and obviously Kurt Cobain's favorite band. So I learned about them. Um, they have a song from 1988 called something against you. And it is the most awesome song ever. And it would be the greatest walk-up music for a baseball player, and it would be an awesome song for a closer, and it would certainly be awesome for me. And I think we're going to go with Something Against You by the Pixies, or I might pick another Nirvana song, or I could pick something really current, um, because I found like a house song that, because I'm a big fan of Prodigy and Massive Attack, because I listen to everything uh, except country music, so don't shoot me, people. Um, you know, I, Nothing against people who listen to it, um, just I don't like that music. Um, but... Uh, but you know what's funny is when, when you bring that up in Florida, the first question is, "Well, have you given it a chance?" And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. There's lots of things in my life that I cannot like without having tried it, like heroin. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm just gonna go with it on that one. Yeah. Like I've never tried heroin. I know I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> and if I do like it. I don't want to know. Yeah, that's a bigger problem so, in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to know I want to, I'm going to like it. So, like, with country music, it's kind of like heroin to me, where I know I don't like it now, but if I gave it a chance and I liked it, I'd be pretty upset with myself. Well, I think I know what the title of this week's uh, <laughs> is going to be. All I know <laughs> is that that's been recorded, and I'm totally going to workshop that into a joke that I just compared country music to heroin. Well... It wouldn't be our show that if that didn't happen. That was a pretty good punchline. I'm pretty happy with that. I, I ad-libbed the hell out of that. <laughs> well, with that, Josh, I think it's about time to wrap up. If comparing country music to heroin, I think, is probably the time to tap out. So, probably uh, should not title anything with me and heroin, please. <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, but let me know. Um, I will talk to you maybe from the winter meetings if we have time. This is in case we do, do not. This will run regardless. Uh, it can be episode 20, and we do an episode at the winter meetings, it'll be 20.5. So, um, you know, so we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, and uh, start copying and pasting and emailing my articles, please, so we can salvage those. I will get on it this afternoon. It I'm started under- in 2011. There were, like, four articles. The first four were in 2011, and then it kicked back up in 2013 to 2016. So I don't know how many there are. All the rough drafts are on my computer but all the really good ones edited by Sam Miller at ESPN are on the internet for now. And I don't know when they're going to be taken offline and uh, I don't want to lose the final drafts of those. I'm on it this afternoon. I'm under six feet or six inches of snow here in Delaware. So I got nothing else to do. Perfect for me. Um, I'm in horrible pouring rain on I-95 and uh, boy does this suck. Well, good luck to your client on his, uh, in his bullpen but at least or for one mile i have to get off of my exit to go to lake mary and head towards lakeland florida and then the cool thing is when the workout's over i can drive back and not record a show <laughs> i hope you have some good music on the on the ipod man 
All right, man. I appreciate it. I will talk to you uh, next week, and uh, good luck talking to Mr. Klebistis on Monday. Thank you very much. I will talk Spoiler to you soon. Spoiler alert. Yep. <laughs> Later, man. Be good. And that was episode 20 of the Joshua Kuznick Experience with MLB Certified Agent Joshua Kuznick. Uh, really want to thank him for giving me a buzz uh, two days before the winter meetings to just kind of check in a little bit, uh, give a little bit of a state of the MLB with, and uh, cover a bunch of topics. So thank you to Josh. With that, we're done for this week. Bye for now.